This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. (laughs) Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining! Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast, edition number 23 of the 2021-2022 season. Joining myself, Omer, today, we've got myself and my co-host, Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. Hello, pal. You are right? I nearly jumbled my words there, but I think it's because, you know, Wednesday evening, trying to get a show out, you know, and also the high of yesterday's win as well, you know, it's playing in the back of my mind, mate, I'm not going to lie. No, so, this is um, and it. And it was the fact that we did, we were getting the guest on, but unfortunately, due to technical issues... Um, it's just us now, so uh, we will get that guest back on. So, if you saw a tweet yesterday promoting it that he, he was coming on, unfortunately, due to technical issues, he's not coming on now. So, uh, yeah, we're just saying we're due to technical issues anyway. So, I suppose you know, if we're doing this for what a year and a half nearly now, um, to come into technical issues for the first time, it's not too bad. I think we've done all right. So, yeah, mate, uh, we're going to talk obviously in this show about yesterday's win. 
the unexpected win. But I suppose if you look at it in a middle kind of way, maybe it was just expected at the right time. Uh, and also we'll talk about Saturday's game coming up against Stoke City. If you're new around here, obviously, be sure to like the video, subscribe and leave a comment below. We appreciate any kind of interaction we get and liking the video helps us a lot. So be sure to do that. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any podcast in sight, um, be sure to follow us and review the podcast. Anything above five star, well, I say above, anything five star below is not acceptable. But, you know, five star and uh, tell Mickey what you think about him as well. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to go into part one now anyway. Talk about that win yesterday at Bramall Lane. And welcome to the first part of the show. Mickey, mate. Sheffield United won. Mill two. I think if anyone listened to our show Saturday, mate, and uh, heard us talk about the aftermath and was in that moment, and, you know, you're pointing at yourself, but, you know... Who predicted it? You put, well, you know, but, you know, in general, like, obviously, it was quite low in the dumps, so to speak, on Saturday. I think predicted that's the, it? Uh, you might have predicted a 2-1 win. I don't think it's a 2-1. I don't know. You might have just said you might, we might win anyway. But anyway, my point is, is, you know, it's classic Millwall. You're low as anything on Saturday night. Fast forward to Tuesday evening and, you know, you're almost bouncing off the kind of ceiling roof, ain't you, mate? It's classic Millwall. 2-1 win away at Bramall Lane. Get in there. Absolutely, fella. Um you were looking at it, you're thinking it's got draw written all over it. And then as it was going further and further, you were just thinking, oh, I've just got a nasty feeling that, you know, against 10 men, something's going to happen and we're going to be fucking throw this away. Um, but, you know, hey-ho, uh, as uh, as people seem to be calling him online, old Juicy Jake, he, um, he absolutely fucking buries it. I think Juicy Jake, the term, came from the, uh, you remember the alternative comic shows that used to be around all the time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juicy He's Jake was, Has he? Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Juicy Jake is um, the terminology used. So, obviously, you know, I can't remember what it was for Matt Smith, but if there was a good one for him before, but Juicy Jake's the, the slogan he uses quite a lot. And obviously, Tintin for Shane Ferguson and stuff like that. So, it's quite a good banter. But obviously, scored the goal. I think the club socials also used Juicy Jake as well. So, it's really caught on. But yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant win. And obviously, for Jake Cooper to score a goal like that, I mean, we'll talk more in length about it, I suppose, as we progress through the story of the game in a sense at the minute. But, wow, wow. Couldn't believe it. 90, 91st, 92nd minute. Jake Cooper's there on the edge of the box, about 25 yards out, gets out his foot, feet and sticks it in the bottom right corner. Things you never, ever predict when going to watch Millwall. But there you go, mate. But, you know, go and also, I mean, that thing I posted on the group earlier, he's, he's, he's been involved in about five goals at, at Bramall Lane or, mm. or games, you know, between us and Sheffield United. So, you know, he's got proven form, which, you know, we didn't really think about. We didn't really look into too much. But, you know, Jake's a solid nine... Nine to one, ten to one, between nine to one and twelve to one. Um, you know, if he scores on most games, so yeah, he, he stings the bookies um, when he suddenly decides to put one in. I did like old Wallace, old Jed's um, celebration. Allegedly, they were watching Superman film, weren't they, in well, the yeah. afternoon and uh, superhero film in the afternoon, and then he got dared to do it if he scored. Um, and then he's done it. He's probably off injured now. He's probably <laughs> done his arm in and he's injured now for the next fucking six weeks. But yeah. Well, spoiler alert, Joe Wallace scored. I mean, first alert, first thing, obviously, first, the team that was picked by Garrett, mate. Obviously, not many changes from the weekend's game. Obviously, we had Bill Kowski in goal, Hutchinson, Cooper, Ballards. So the same defence. Uh, obviously, right wing back was not 
Leonard McNamara. It was Ryan Leonard's left wing back was Scott Malone. So Leonard and Malone both come into the team there. Midfield pairing of Savile and Evans continued. And then we had Wallace, Ojo and Tom Bradshaw up front. The bench was long, Keith Bell, Smith, Pierce, FIB, Bennett and Billy Mitchell. Not as many changes as maybe we thought, or maybe unexpected changes. Three changes in total there. Um, we'll talk about the positives. Malone coming back into the side, obviously gave a penalty away as well uh, for Sheffield United's goal. But interesting one that Evans and Savile continue, but fair play to Savile in particular. I thought he was superb yesterday, but you know, no Billy Mitchell in there. No Keithton Belts. Interesting one there. I thought kind of uh, an hour before kickoff yesterday, Mickey. Yeah, um, I would have thought Clifton Vell would have been in there against um, United to give a, you know, a hard defense, you know, a hard midfield, a hard protection there. But I don't know. He uh, listen. I think he he wanted to go with an attacking force, and he went with it, and it and it proved to um, it proved to be a bit of success. Um, I think if we'd have lost that, I think the pressure would have really been on Gary. Um, but now he's got a bit of leeway in it. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's got a, a good win away from home. Um, everyone's, you know, happy and, and, and joyful. Um, we just need to see attacking football back at the den now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see if um, McNamara was dropped yesterday or if he was injured. I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, if he was dropped, he was completely out of the squad as well, which was a bit mm-hmm. of a weird one. I mean, not too sure exactly the whereabouts of that one. But I think obviously for me in particular, like going into the game, Based on the last two, the last performance from Savile and Evans, I was quite surprised to see them both start. But like I said, Savile from the early get go was kind of up and at the Sheffield United defence and was pressing from high. And I guess that's something that was maybe slightly different going into this game compared to Luton on Saturday. Uh, obviously, you know, I think early doors had a couple of chances. I think, you know, I remember one where Wallace put for on goal and he's offside, but, you know, could have been a promising move there. I think, you know, it was kind of, we edged the start of the game and then that pure fluke happens down the right-hand side, doesn't it, Mickey? Leonard down the line to Wallace. And it was almost a carbon copy from the opposite side of the pitch of Lowe's goal against us for Nottingham Forest, wasn't it? Um, maybe this time I say the keeper might have been able to do a bit more than what Bielkowski did for his effort, obviously, because he couldn't really get to it. But I think Olsen in goal United probably might be thinking, if I cover myself a bit more in glory there, kind of got my hand to it and put it tips over. But... Was due a bit of luck, and you know, I suppose it evens out in the sense of it. And one nil up after 10 minutes, mate. Great start, yeah. No, I think it was a great because it gave the players time to just settle in, um, and just you know, relax. And I think the, the I think for once in a long time, the players didn't you know, didn't seem to, to relax, they seemed to sort of you know, still keep the same intensity and actually looked as if they wanted to score more. You're almost saying they weren't trying on Saturday. I feel like, but I don't know if it was because Luton didn't give Luton didn't give us the time and space, or whether or not the players went up for it as much. I'm not quite sure how what way to pull it there. But obviously, I agree with you. Like you know, the first ten minutes we were up and at them, weren't we? And it was completely different to the Saturday's game. But if you have to put yourself like try and pinpoint what that could be, what do you think that is? Like, what's the difference between Saturday's game and yesterday? Other players obviously looking for a reaction to try and put wrong, put the rights wrong, or the wrongs right, so to speak, from Saturday. Or is it we're setting up differently or we're just trying to go more for it? Is, that, is it the nerves are playing at the den? I'm trying to piece it together myself, to be honest, because I'm thinking ahead to Saturday's game. Got a big game coming against Stoke, but like it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? Away from home and at home at the den, it's completely different. Yeah, it's as if they're two different sets of teams, isn't it, playing? It, it looks as if we've got a team that plays at home and a team that plays away. And the, the team that plays at home is, you know, sort of open to mistakes, really, really easy to make mistakes and... And just not relaxed and uh, and at tune with it, 
It's as if they're intimidated playing in their own ground. Is it, um, is, is, is it the den? Is it the fans? Is it the nerves of it? It's, I, I agree with you. Like It's not necessarily intimidating, but it's different, isn't it? You see the performances. Maybe, yeah, maybe they got used to playing without the... You know, we're not used to playing, but maybe just, you know, with the noise and everything else, it's just, I don't know. But then again, the way, the way would be the same, I suppose. Not, I suppose it'd be still different. It wouldn't necessarily be as much with, you know, being called a cunt and all that as such by your own fans. But um, but Luton, they definitely didn't look as if they were, you know, they, they weren't firing on all cylinders at Luton. But here they look completely different. They looked up for it. Maybe it's Whether... to do with the crowd as well. But, I mean, you know, at home, there's, there's less patience. Whereas when you're away from home, you're not going into the game expecting to win. You're going into the game hoping to nick something from the game. It's kind of different mentality there. Whereas mm. Saturday's game at home, we're thinking, right, come on. Let's let's do it. Let's give them a game. Instead, we're kind of like away from home, trying to edge into the game, kind of play away into it, and the kind of the mentality is a bit different. Maybe I'm not sure, but I think especially at home games, you know, as soon as we go one down, we will see it. Like the crowd instantly changes, and the atmosphere is but completely different. Is that is that because the fans will go to the away games are a lot more hardcore, Millwall as such. You know, they're sort of, yeah. you know, they they get on your back if you don't look as if you're pulling your weight, as in. When you're when you're at the den, there's there's a lot. I mean, we know there's a lot of the boo boys and all that lot. And literally, the slightest mistake, what you'll be given at an away game, at a home game, you've suddenly got four thousand people on your back. Maybe it's yeah. Like I said, there, I think it could also be a mentality thing where, you know, like I said yesterday, we weren't expecting to win. We was hoping to nick something from it. Mm-hmm. And I think whereas on Saturday you got fans turn up there, big game against Luton Town a team that we've had loads of rivalries with over the years purely because obviously what happened in the ACs. But at the same time, you know, it's Luton. It's a bit of a London derby feel to it, despite it being, you know, just out of London, so to speak. But I think when you go Sheffield United away, seeing Sheffield United win on Saturday against Stoke as well, who we play this weekend coming up, you know, you're kind of thinking we'll do well to get a point here. And I think maybe the players are going into the game kind of a bit more relaxed, kind of less pressure. And I think maybe that shows, maybe I've imagined it, but I'm pretty sure there is something in that for me to, like when I'm watching the games and seeing performances. And I think that's maybe something to explain the difference there. But I guess if you're Gary Rowett, you've got to kind of say to them, look, don't be pressured about the players. And I think half these players have been here under Harris. Well, I say half, a few of them, the key players that are still on the side, played under a Harris team where our home form was formidable at times. Maybe they just got to kind of think about how they can bring us into play. But then that's also then you bring the tactics into the discussion there. Is that set up? there to bring fans into play up. Maybe not, especially at home games, but we'll talk about more about the game anyway. Uh, one what, mate, like we said, kind of cruising away and, um, you know, kind of in control of the game as well at a tough place to go. I think I want to name drop Bart Bielkowski for a smart save in the first half when McGoldrick's played through on goal. I think it was superb for a splitting, yeah, split defence splitting ball. Um, I think they said on the club Twitter and they're spot on there. McGoldrick threw on goal and I thought at first he missed it, but then I was watching an iPod, I saw the replay Bargains to save, you know, gets his hand to it and tips it away past the far post. Great save to keep it, keep us one up. He's getting better and better with those saves. I mean, I saw something on Twitter the day where I think it was Phil Clark, um, hello Phil, um, who said that he was sitting near someone who was saying, you know, last 10 minutes, 15 minutes of every game should take Bart off and put Long on. And um, the reason Bart's in there is because of saves like that. Because Definitely. he can, you know, as much as he can have sometimes a bit of a nightmare, it's those, it's those little glimpses, those little saves he pulls off, 
um, what seemed to be the run of norm with him and, and his reaction his reaction speed is second to none. So, um, yeah, I, I would always have Bart. If Bart's available, I would always have him in goal, mate. I agree with you there. Completely. He's a, he's a shot stopper. You know, we had uh, Brian King, didn't we, a few weeks ago mm. on the show. But I think that's what I said. He reminds me of David Ford a lot with his saving. I don't know what it is, but like he, he he's better. He almost better at Ford at shot stopping as well. And I, I'll just take some credit there. I think the only thing I'll cri- criticise Bart for is he's kicking from goal kicks. Occasionally they are quite wayward. But at the same time, Rao wants to play out from the back, so we don't see that too much. But at times he's kicking, especially going long, is a bit flat into the sieve. And I guess that's where long definitely has an advantage there. But you can't knock Bilkowski because the first half save he made was superb. Like I said, to keep it 1-0 up. Um, crucial time to keep that save as well. And like we said, you know, we're coming towards the end of the first half and Scott Malone back in the team, fresh from injury. And he makes the most ridiculous foul. So clumsy. Uh, he's kind of, you know, short corner. I think it's John Fleck on the ball. And he, kind even... of, he looks to get out of the way of him first. So he does that. And then as he gets out of the way and comes back, he, he clips him. And I feel like you told I, me yesterday it wasn't a penalty or you weren't sure. I, I don't think it's it so penalty. clumsy. So clumsy, mate. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I saw I saw the replay in that a couple of times and I just, I don't necessarily, I think it was a, I think it was a cheap penalty. Um, I don't even know if he actually put pressure on. I think the kid just chipped over his toes or tripped over um, Malone's feet. You know, I, I I, I think he uh, collects him from behind. I agree with you, as in, like, he, like I said, he tries to get out of the way, and then as he swings his body round, that's when he clips the back of the player. And then it's like it's six of one, half dozen the other. If it was anywhere else on the pitch, if it's in the midfield area, maybe it's not not a foul. But I think in a penalty area where you you can't go to ground, and I think he, he trips over Malone, but also he trips the player over in the process. And I think yeah. if it was the other way around, mate, you'd be calling that a penalty, surely, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, if it was to us, yeah, of course, of course I would. But, you know, I just think that it is what it is. But then again, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, the rules state, don't they, that if if you do anything to impede the play or impede the player, then it's a, it. it's a penalty. So, um, yeah, you know, whether or not he tripped him, you know, it's easy to it's easy to kick someone's heels, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's just nine times out of ten you might get away with it, but that one time you don't is, um, is the risk you take. Yeah, I mean, you know, on the stroke of half time as well, a crucial time where, you know, we're about to see it through to go one up at half time. Billy Sharp steps up, tucks it away, 35 years old. Um, celebration is a bit kind of interesting in front of the away fans, isn't it? Obviously, I picked up on it and put a tweet out. Uh, he shushes the Millwall fans. Uh, he, lo- he looks like he's got a bit of egg on his head now, though, if he's if he's um, think- thinking about it this morning or this evening, sorry, because obviously we got the last kind of laugh in that game. But yeah, I mean, it's poor time to give away, obviously, a penalty in the first place, Mickey. But part of me did think, obviously, Bart might have a chance to save this again. You know, he'd saved one away at West Brom a, couple, a month or so ago. But he's, he tucks it away, fair play to him. And I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm thinking 1-1 at half time. It's only going to be one way in the second half. And that's going to be towards their cop end. And they're just going to be bombarding us the whole half, I felt like. Yeah, I did too. Um, you know, as soon as, as soon as Billy stood up to get that, he, he's... It's one of those players that you know you want in in a game to, you know, to be decisive and, and put it away, and he did put it away, um, and that's the player he is. And you knew he was going to score it. You just you you know you just knew it. Um, but you know, half time come, um, I think Gary's obviously done a good half time talk because the players come out. Um, looking as if they still, you know, wanted something out of it, and nor I think it came at the right time because when other teams score against us, our heads drop. 
But because it was so close to half time, the players were all together off the field. And mm -hmm. I don't think they had time to drop their heads because Gary's probably into them or, or Adam Barrett or, or whatever would probably have been into them, telling them what they want the second half. And they probably didn't have time to, you know, to run around trying to recoup themselves. They just, you know, recouped, break, come out. And, and off we go again. But they looked as if they wanted something. And then obviously they went down to 10 men, didn't they? Well, just before that, I was going to say, um, I don't know if you saw it, but Goldrick misses the misses a shot an opportunity from about a yard out. I think it's down the left-hand side or our right-hand side. Ender Stevens gets the ball in. And but Goldrick's about a yard out, sliding yeah. for the ball. And he somehow managed to skies it over the goal. So a bit of lady luck on our side there. But it was coming at a time when, you know, you mentioned the red card, they're down to 10 men. But before that, they were starting to get ahead of steam. I agree with you, though. In a weird way, if you're conceding the goal in the stroke of half-time, at least you can go back into the dressing room and regroup and go again. And I yeah. did think the first five minutes, we were kind of still controlling the game. Obviously, like I said, they had that opportunity at 52 minutes. Then fast forward three minutes later, Morgan Gibbs-White, who's a lonely from Wolverhampton Wanderers, first half gets booked for a terrible foul on Cooper that for some reason he wanted to contest and for some reason before he got to the ball. Yeah. Second half, he dives in the box the most blatant dive ever and after there was one in the first half where the right back Jaden Bogle dived in the first half mm. the referee didn't give anything on any simulation but that must be in his mind so I imagine he might have seen it back at half time or maybe his assistant said something to him or maybe the manager said something to him we're out at half time walking down the tunnel but 55 minutes gives white goes to grounds no touch from Scott Malone and the referee sends him off for a second book offence fair play Good. to the ref big decision I mean, the ref I mean, there's loads of stuff. Did you see the stuff going around today that the ref was allegedly a Sheffield Wednesday fan who lives in Bermondsey? <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday fan lives in Bermondsey. Tick, tick. That, that, that definitely would send an half final, wouldn't it? I mean, the chances of that. But I think um, I think it was TT that said something on Twitter earlier. He went, or yesterday, he was like, that's the best referee we'll never get to see again because he'll never referee us ever again. <laughs> no, no. I don't think I don't think the referee had a poor game. I'll be honest. I thought the referee was, you know, on the money in a sense. Um, and he was, like, right to book him and send him off there. I think we've just got a later arrival into the show today. Um, step forwards, Kai Bennett. Hello, pal. Hello, guys. How are you? Sorry about that. <clears throat> it's all good, mate. We're, we're live. We're rolling still with it. Um, we're up to the point where we're 1-1. And it's the yeah. 55th minute. And Morgan gives white to get sent off, mate. Um, I was just saying, I thought, you know, the referee, a lot of people saying that he's on our side a lot, but, and the Sheffield United fans are quite a few in the bay, weren't they? But I thought, fair play to him. He made the right decision there with that uh, dive, I thought, and it was a second before offence, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. And I, I thought the first one, um, I thought uh, Malone's um, penalty, the way they gave away, I thought was harsh as well. So I thought, Ooh, I think the. You're in Mickey's camp. I, I, I thought it's clumsy, personally. I, if it was the other way around, you'd want it given, surely, no? Oh, 100%. Yeah, but I want the second one here as well. I agree. I agree with Kyle. I don't think he, I don't think he really touched him. I think if, he, if the worst case, he clipped his feet. But yeah, that's it. You know, as I said, you know, at the end of the day, if you can beat a player in, in their area um, or in your area, it's a penalty all day long. So, you know, it's technically probably within the rules, it's a penalty. But, you know, is it a bit harsh? Yeah, definitely a bit harsh, but it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, Kai, like I said, um, obviously, fast forward is obviously that minute of the game. It's kind of a good timing for us, I felt like, because Sheffield United was starting to get ahead of steam. McGoldrick has that chance where he somehow skies it from about a yard out when he's sliding to get on the end of the ball. But the timing of that um, red card was just well in our favour, wasn't it, I felt like? 
yeah, definitely. It just sort of halted their momentum, didn't it? Because they really did build up about 10 minutes uh, after second half. And, you know, that was quite handy for us because, you know, even though after they went down to 10 men, they still caused quite a few problems, actually. I thought, you know, here we go. It's our chance to win. Obviously, we did end up winning it. But I thought that, you know, we were, we were going to sort of impose our authority. But Sheffield United are a really good side. And even with 10 men, you know, you only have to look at their bench. They've, they've signed... You know, I don't know if Bruce was on the bench yesterday, but McBurney, I think they signed him for 15 million. They signed Bruce for 20. I mean, them two put together are more than probably our value of our squad, isn't it? So it shows you the the depth and the quality they have in their side. So even with 10 men, um, you know, they still cause the problems and you still expect them to cause problems with uh, against us. And they did. And they, they had good chances. Uh, they brought on a young boy. I don't know how you say his name. Um, he came on for Hurahan, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was quality. He was very good. He, he he had a couple of really good chances, and you know if he probably keeps his composure a little bit better, um, you know he probably scores. So yeah, they they, they did play well. But as- Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. So I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. As you said, it was a massive turning point in the game. Illiman and Dayu. That's it. The midfielder. Yeah, it was interesting sub, wasn't it, at the timing of that? Obviously, about midway through the first half as well, he came on, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously they wanted to change it up. This testament to our performance, I suppose, at the time that we was in control of the game. Um, I think he has, he has an opportunity, didn't he, in Dai's, Um, After the red card, funny enough, he skies it, fortunately for us. Uh, or maybe but I think Bart gets his hands to it. I'm watching Harlow back. Bart saves it. Um, I was talking about Bart in the first half to Mickey Kai, but he made us some crucial saves in, in that game yesterday to kind of keep the scoreline as it was, so to speak. And when called upon, was proving his shot stuff in prowess there to be seen. Yeah, that McGoldrick save was outstanding, wasn't it? Just that little faint touch that pushed it around the post. It almost reminded me of that. I think it was, you know, when um, we were in the playoff final, weren't we? I think it was Archer. He pushed, yep. um, I can't remember their striker, but he, he pushed uh, the, the strike just around the post. And it's just fingertips that have saved us. And it was exactly the same last night. But, you know, fingertip save has, has pushed McGoldrick's um, effort around the post. And you know, if they score that, makes it one all very, you know, much, much earlier. They probably build up a lot more momentum going into going into half time and potentially even nick one before half time. So yeah, it was a crucial save from Bart then, and then you know they made a couple of really other a couple of other really good saves as well. So yeah, fair play to Bart, fantastic as always. Definitely. I mean, chats. I'm watching the game at home. Um, I couldn't make it up there anyway. But it's 55th minute gives White sent off. We're playing against ten men. They bring on Chris Basham to play at the fence as well. We don't make it up till the 75th minute. I'm I'm sitting there after at least 10 minutes, getting to about the hour mark towards 70 minutes. I'm thinking, make a sub, Gary, please. Make a sub. Bring, bring attacking players on to change the game a bit more. He eventually makes them in the 75th minute. Matt Smith comes on. Benekafobi comes on. Shea Ojo is off and replaced. I'm sorry, he's off and so is Tom Bradshaw. It was, I thought it was personally a bit too little too late, but end of the day, we got the, the three points in the end. But... The great impact from them, and obviously Mason Bennett as well in the 83rd minute. He comes on and has an opportunity straight away, doesn't he, Kai? Where he, he somehow just doesn't get himself around the ball enough when Dred Wallace has that effort on goal. But I was thinking, just make some subs, make them quickly, right? Am, am I just thinking that myself, or no? I agree. I think you know a couple of fresh players coming on would have would have been really maybe good a little bit earlier, give them a bit more time to make an impact. Um, you know, if you play them against ten men, you could really afford to stretch them and bring on players like Mason Bennett. Um, you know, we'll stretch defences because he's quick. Um, 
you know, maybe even keeping Ojo on for the time being and playing maybe even Jed, Ojo and, and Bennett up top or bring a phobia on for Ojo and play, you know, Bennett and a phobia, you know, just a bit bit more pace. And we saw a had a great chance, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, he does the right thing. He, he puts it across the keeper. That's what you want a striker to do. You want to always go across the keeper just in case the keeper, you know, keeper just parries it straight to, you know, the an oncoming player. But, you know, just misses. Bennett's unfortunate. He doesn't, I don't think how, I don't know how much he knew about it. Um, but he was so close to, to scoring as well. And I think then made, they made the made the difference. I mean, Bennett was, you know, in the last minute, he, he won a header, didn't he? He just doesn't just show what he can do in the attacking at third. He, he wins a header in the defensive third and, and, and you know, relieves pressure, more pressure from the from the defence going into the final minute or so. So, yeah, he, he made a big impact off the bench yesterday, Mason Bennett. And it'll be interesting to see whether Raul gives him a start on Saturday or not. And maybe, because obviously a phobie, I don't think a phobie can play, can he, on Saturday because against Stoke. So, Correct. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Mason Bennett gets his, gets a start or not. Definitely agree with you there, mate. I mean, I said it there, obviously, you know, maybe we can make subs earlier, but we've got the three points in there, Mickey, isn't it? And that's all that matters. Um, should we talk about the elephant in the room? 91st minute, Jake Cooper. I mean... <laughs> It was a great, he took that really well, right? But it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a fluke to get to him though, wasn't it really? I mean, I, I, it was, you know, we were lucky to keep hold of the ball and then managed to just sort of pass it. And then, um, it was a Bradshaw just suddenly panicked and kicked it to the side and, and Jake thought, I'm having Evans squares it to him. I mean, I don't know what Evans is thinking there. I'm watching it back. But lads, I, I swear to God, every time I watch a skull, it's better and better. It, yeah. It's Jake Cooper from 25 yards out on the edge of the D, putting his foot and, through it. After setting the... himself up as well, pinpoint precision into the far corner. <laughs> Unbelievable strike. And the ball just moves, doesn't it? It just looks as if, the, you know, you're watching that in real time and it looks as if the ball is in slow motion. But I mean, just... like... It just seems to pop out and then pop in, doesn't it? It just seems to like it seems to drift out to the right and then it just throws itself right into the left. It it looked like Beckham's old kicks, do you know what I mean? Where he takes a strike and he kicks it on the um if that's any of our strikers we're saying out. we're saying the second it leaves their boot, it's going in the back of the net. That's how you kind of credit that goal. You watch that strike, the second that leaves his boot, there's only going one corner, far corner. Unbelievable strike car, isn't it, mate? And what a goal. Jake Cooper. Wow. Outrageous. Every time he gets the ball against Stoke on Saturday, they'll be shouting yes. shoe every yes. time because, you know, that was outrageous. We can do that. I've never seen Cooper hit one like that. Me neither. Um, I, the last defender I remember we, who actually you probably could hit one. Do you remember Danny Shitty when he hit the bar against Blackburn? Yeah. That was a, that was a brilliant strike. If that goes in, that's that's one of the goals of the probably, well, year, probably goals of the probably yeah. couple of years as outrageous strike so you know Cooper, that was a fantastic strike last night and it, it sort of reminded me a little bit of QPR's Rob Dickey um, mm. in the way that he can hit it and it was nice to see one of our centre-backs do it um, instead of it being done against and, us and so to be fun. fair Cooper needed it because yeah. Cooper's had a bad couple of games and people were starting to get I'll on I'll forgive him. him for the whole season so far <laughs> I've always forgiven Jake and if you do that again Saturday you're my player of the season. All right. The simple as if you score a 91st minute winner at the den in front of the Cobble Lowlands, you've won my player of the year award already. That's dumb. Job done. <laughs> Does he have to do it with his foot on Saturday? Can do it with his head? <laughs> I mean, if he's no, I want the carbon copy of that. I want, I want <laughs> edge of the box, 25 yards out. I mean, it's even the technique on it, lads. It's like Brilliant. the simple thing of get out of your feet, get your head over the balls, you strike it. It is like that's what you're taught. As it, a was kid. it was textbook. It's textbook. It was textbook. Literally textbook kind of procedure there. 
And like I said, I mean, I could ramble on about it forever. His interview afterwards with the club media was quite class. He was like, I wanted to run into the stands, but I'm on three bookings for the season. And I'm <laughs> wary that I'm, if I get two more, I'm going to be suspended for a game. Um, and yeah, he's right. He's, but obviously, he's got, Mickey said it at the start of the show, Kai, but Sheffield United is a good hunting ground for him, isn't it? Obviously, he scored for us in the last minute, didn't he? Under Harris that time um, to help keep us up that year. But unbelievable, unbelievable scenes. And fair play to the 450 fans there that night, last night. Um, they got their rewards for being there, didn't they? Yeah, fantastic support um, from their Millwall fans that went up last night. Um, it was brilliant. And the, the goal gets better and better when you watch it with the commentary. Mm-hmm. The commentary on Millwall's I follow was, I've watched it about 300 times this morning with uh, Carl Bates and Max McClellan. Mm-hmm. It, the, 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 the way they, they're commentating in it, they're so, the, the, the way Carl holds strike like that, it was, oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's just yeah. fantastic to, to watch. And it sort of, it makes you sort of like, um, yeah, I almost feel proud, I guess. It's, it's, yeah, it was a fantastic strike uh, from Cooper. Um, we, need yeah. to, we need to sound clip it and use it as a finish of the podcast. <laughs> you make me work, with, mate. I mean, I've got to get up in a couple that, of weeks time. With that, and, the, um, and if you listen to the goal, well, when, when Cooper scores the goal from the, um, from the other commentary, from the alternative commentary as well, it's, it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Because he, he's just like, What's he done, cheeky bar? You know, is 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 his normal self. So, um, yeah, all good, mate. All good. Juicy Jake, uh, mate, to the rescue. Hey, again, do you know what I mean? So, no, that's it. That's it. I don't know what Kai's gone. Kai's disappeared on us. That's all right. He'll be back in a second, I'm sure. I've muted his mic for him anyway. Uh, but yeah, three points in the bag, and Mickey full steam ahead into Saturday's game, isn't it? Now that's it. So, hopefully, we can do the business on Saturday. We'll talk about that in part two in a second, but. Much needed win, and Yorkshire's a good hunting ground for us, Mickey. Two wins in a row now, away from home. Barnsley and Sheffield United, that's what you need to see, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't realise as well, it was what I, what I texted you a lot earlier, was um, Jake's, been, Jake's been involved in five goals at Sheffield and one... Is that and... definitely a theme, right? 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Where I saw one, on a Sheffield United fan, Sheffield right. United fan posted, and he said, you know, he said, I should have realised really, if I'd have done the stats before the game, that Jake's been involved in four game, five goals in five games against Sheffield United, four goals and uh, and one assist. If they are actually true, coming from a fact that they're coming from a Sheffield, I'd say they're, they've been fact-checked. Um, I'd say they're true, mate. That, I, th- I think it is, because I think if you think about it, he scored that goal when we beat them 3-1 at the Den a couple of years ago, a couple of years back. It sort of started our season under Harris when we... Uh, came eighth. He scored then. He scored one that sort of hit the lot. Went over, just went over the line with a header. It sort right. of hit the one, bounced down. He scored at Bram- Bramall Lane. Was it two, three years ago now? For the equaliser, he scored last night. So that's three. So that's probably right. Yeah, it's probably about mm. that. And then he's probably you know probably back one in that game. He's probably hit one forward, hasn't he? So yeah, probably yeah. He right. Scored, scored four and assisted. Done. Scored four and assisted with one. So yeah, not bad game. Not bad at all. Really good. Not bad for a central. Be defender. interested. Be interested. I'll have to speak to a power now who, um, who bets on Jake to score every game and just see what his odds are. If the odds were low, then obviously the bookies knew that, knew that as well. But we'll just see. If it was anything below five to one, then the bookies obviously know that he's got a bit of a. I don't know if he's got a bit of an issue with Sheffield United or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're round up part one anyway. Um, Carl, you missed the start, but did Jake West mean it or did he? Across it, <laughs> well, he, said he, he said he made it, wouldn't he? But I don't think that he did. Across. Uh, definitely across. I mean, it was it was de- it was quite similar to Max Lowe, wasn't it? When he did I that, so. 
It was, I mean, I think it was actually better than Max Lowe's because he's done it from further away. But, you know, in, in all credit to Jed. Um, but five assists, five, five goals, four assists now for Jed. Not bad, is it? So it's a fantastic start to the season. And yeah, just got his name printed on the back of my shirt. So hopefully he doesn't go because I need it for the whole season. So fingers crossed. You, you just give him the kiss of death there, I feel like. That's it. I've done it out of That's it. He's done that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Jed gets oh, injured yeah. on Saturday and he's out for the rest of the season... Direct your abuse at Kai. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll round up part one anyway now. We'll talk a bit more about Saturday's game against Stoke City coming up in part number two. Back shortly. And welcome to the second part of the show. As mentioned, we play Stoke City on Saturday. Tough game ahead of us on Saturday, Kai. Um, obviously, me and Mickey spoke a bit earlier on the show about the mentality of home games. Like we were speaking yesterday about about yesterday's game about how it seemed like we was more kind of relaxed going into the game, kind of keen to go out there and make an impression because you're kind of not expected to win at Bramall Lane. Whereas Saturday before, you know, was at home against Luton, pressure's on from the Den crowd. And I think it'll be the same on Saturday and a tricky one for the players to kind of, you know, get their heads into on Saturday. Yeah, and I saw a few quotes from Rowett this morning that said something like, um, you know, we need to sort of, you know, try and change, maybe, I think he said, ch- uh, try out a few things at home or something. So maybe that means a change of formation, a change of shape, change of play, whatever. But maybe that, maybe that, maybe he's going to drop the five at the back at home. I don't know. Um, I, I don't mind, if I, in all honesty, I don't mind the five at the back. Uh, West Brom, for example, they play five at the back and they're, they're really exciting with how they play with it. So it does show that five at the back can work, but you need, you need to do, do the right things with it. Um, you know, you need to attack, you know, in the right way and, and get the get the wing backs high. Because if you do that, it, it, it works really well. It sort of creates overload. So um, it can work, but I just don't think we maybe do it right and well enough at times. I think that's probably why we get bogged down. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see whether it just goes back to a, a plain old 4-4-2 or a 4-4-2-3-1, something like that. And um, yeah, tries to go, go, go stoke that way. It'll be a tough game. They've got some quality players. I mean, the other day, I don't know if you watched the West Brom game when they played them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never seen a more one-sided one-nil game. It was it was brilliant. Like they were fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. But they're not always. I think no. Hang on a sec. I think they have done quite well on the road, haven't they? Yeah. So they're a good, they're a good team. They lost last night to Bournemouth, so they'll be looking to put that put that right. So it'll be a tough game at the, at the Den on Saturday. Literally stole the words out of my mouth there about yesterday's game for them against Bournemouth. Any idea what formation they play as well, Kai? Was it? Was it? Was they? I think they play. F- Four, don't they? Five at the back. Five at the back. Five at the back. So if anyone's playing Devs Africa there about, you know, suggesting there could be a change. Typically, if you come against a team that plays five, most teams play five against them as well. So I don't know. We'll see. And I agree with you. I mean, I'm not against the five at the back formation in general. I think home games, though, we just got to see more commitment, more players getting forward, more players getting there, you know, getting past the halfway line, so to speak. And Mickey, me and you bang this drum all the time, don't we? But it's at home, you've got to see something different, haven't we, mate? Attacking football, mate. It's attack, 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 attack. We, we, that's it. That's 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 it. Do you know what I mean, Gary? It's just attack, 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 attack. It's the <laughs> same. It's the same motto. What the old Bill used against the fans. So um, the players need to use it against the opposition, mate. Attack, 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 attack. I mean, lads, we got. Last five games here, we're sitting sixth place in the form table. It's not all bad, is it, Kai? <laughs> I tell you what, all of a sudden, three wins out of the last four, no draws in four, or you know, we haven't drawn a game in four, and this is much better now. I know Luton game was a poor performance. We were really poor on Saturday, 
Um, but I'd much prefer us to be winning three out of four than getting, say, the same amount of win, you know, two draws, a win, and, you know, and a loss, something like that. You know, I know it's more points. I know, I know it's obviously it says it, it says it itself. But just by winning more games, you feel like we're doing better as a team. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the wins make you feel better. Even say we win, say we're in one game and we draw three, it's four unbeaten, but we don't get anywhere near the amount of points just turning in turning, you know, two of them into into to wins and losing the other one. It's much it's much better in terms of points. Winning three out of four is it looks so much better than you know being unbeaten in four, but drawing, you know, half of those games, you know? Yeah. So I'm pleased, I'm really pleased with the with the wins. Um obviously it's a shame we lost against Luton because if we would have beaten Luton, we could be potentially just we could have been in the playoffs, couldn't we? So it's a bit of a shame. But you know, I'm sure that the, the players hopefully want to put it right on Saturday and, and turn up to the den and put in a much better performance than they did last weekend because that wasn't good enough. It's not unfeasible to think that we could be like in in Stoke's position right now. They've got a really similar record to us. Uh, six wins, three draws, four defeats. They've not lost many, but also their goals scored and goals against. 16 goals, four, 14 against. Mills, 13 goals, four, 14 against. It's, it's going to be probably a cagey game on Saturday, Mickey, mm. but but hopefully we come out on top, isn't it? That's kind of the hope you go into the game on Saturday, mate. Yeah, I think we'll win it. I All think, right. I, I, yeah, look, I think the momentum's there. I think the, um, you know, the team's going to have that bounce from the win. I think they're just, I don't think they want to play at the Den again and get booze. Um, and I don't think, you know, you really want to lose against Stoke because the fans will get on your back. Um, you know, Stoke bring a lot. So, yeah, no, I'd... I'd I'd say we're going to win it. Um, I'd love to see a nice fucking, we're, we're due, you know, a nice 2-0, 3-0 fucking victory. But yeah, you know, I, I think we're, I think we'd be all right against Stoke. I'm not over panicked, to be fair. I think um, positivity in the bounce, I think, yeah, we'd be all right. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's going to be I a think we game. slagged. I think we slagged them off too much on Saturday, fellas. Do you know what I mean? Saturday so your nice positivity one. is there, right? So you're trying to be polite <laughs> and nice, but... I mean, I don't know. I think after five minutes on Saturday, it won't, I wouldn't cross my mind to be not slagging them off again, to be honest. But, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to see what happens. I think it's going to be a tricky game. I think, you know, Stoke have got some tricky customers in their side. Nick Powell, for me, stands out, Kai. I know you mentioned Sam Surridge a couple of times to me. Um, but Nick Powell is a, obviously a, a good player at this level, isn't he? And he's always for trouble in the middle of the park. But it's, it's some really good players in there, isn't there? Yeah, he's like Nick Powell is like Stoke City's Jeff Wallace. Yeah. You know, if you stop Nick Powell, most of the time you stop, you stop Stoke. And I think that's probably similar to Millwall. You know, if you stop Jed, you stop a lot of our creativity. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably probably a fair reflection of, of Stoke. I mean, they've got some good players, let's be fair. You know, they've got Harry Sutar at the back, who's six foot seven, something like that. He's probably a bit, I think he's a bit taller than Coops. Um, they've got obviously Surridge, as I mentioned before. They've got, they, they seem to be quite keen to play Jacob Brown up top. Um, mm-hmm. He's been doing quite well, actually, recently. Um, but, you know, they've got some good players. They've got, they've got a solid team. And most importantly, I think they're more of a unit. You know, they, they haven't got, you know, so a lot of, you know, key, uh, you know, outstanding players in their side, but they all play as a team and, you know, they work hard for each other. And I think that gets you way further in the championship than a few standout players, I think. So you only have to look at Sheffield United. They've got a couple of really good standout players in that side. But, you know, at the moment, they're not playing as a team and, you know, they're losing football games. So same with us. I don't think we've got, you know, loads and loads of key players and star star players. But what we have got, we use well, and we we play. And, you know, everyone everyone works hard for each other. Everyone works hard for the shirt, and that's what we ask. So, yeah, three points on Saturday would be lovely, and uh, potentially into the playoffs if results go our way. 
Mill draw one one on Saturday. I hate to be that person. I think <laughs> I think Stoke and Mill. I think I'm you're you're talking about them there. You know, not many stand up players. Quite a unit of a team there. You're describing our side. I feel like, and for us to win on Saturday, we've got to try and show a bit of quality and out and obviously out fight their kind of unit that we've got as well. So. It could happen. I agree with you. It'd be nice to get three points. It'd be nice, to, like Mickey says, to win two or three nil. My gut says it'll probably be one one. I mean, go on, Kai. Give me a score prediction for Saturday's game. Uh, the thing is, I, I, you know, I, I feel a bit sick because I put that on the group two one, didn't I, to Millwall the other day, and I only forgot to do the uh, out the uh, prediction league. So I forgot as well, mate. Don't worry. I feel, I, like. I, feel bit, I feel a bit sick <laughs> now. So yeah, that's. I, I, I said two one on the pod, mate. I said it's either going to be a one nil or, or it's going to be a two one. So um, yeah, I could just yeah. see him nicking it. So yeah, it is it, what it is. I I'm, think we'll win. Yeah, I, I think I think we'll win too. I think we're going to go. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mickey's score. I'm going to go two nil. Bloody hell. And I'm gonna go. See, I'm, I'm so I'm positive. That's the thing. I I, I am. I know. I got trapped by your positivity last Thursday, and I ended up saying we'll win three one against Luton. And... <laughs> That didn't happen. That was the complete opposite. So maybe me being a bit more realistic this year, this time round, maybe that might mean we, we win, lads. So you can thank me later for it. You know what I mean? So I say one one, but you know when we win two nil, think you said Bramble. Me, you me said, being about that, like, you, know you said Bramble Lane was going to be a one all as well. So yeah, do you know what I mean? So maybe me going one one. Just go one one every game then. Hopefully, one every game. <laughs> now that I say it, I think every time I think it's going to be a close game, we normally edge it. So mm. if you're listening, oh, everyone, it, if you're watching this. You got me to fight when we win on Saturday, anyway. So um, I think that's everything for me, anyway, lads. Anything you two want to say before we go? Um, just one one thing that I forgot earlier when we had a pre pre uh, pre show chat. Um, mm-hmm. I'm recording a um, a special tomorrow night. Um, I think I'm on my Todd unless you're joining me um, with uh, the fair cop from Twitter. We're going to talk about football rights, um, football fans' rights, what to do and don't. Uh, uh, football if you get arrested and, and bits and pieces like that and uh, and hopefully it will become into a, a, a little series hopefully of um, of talking fan issues and we get some people on who, uh, who know the ins and outs of the laws and, and different bits and pieces and uh, and hopefully it can benefit some fans so uh, yeah do look out for that it will be going across uh, our platforms and uh, I don't know when it will be coming out yet. It might come out Saturday or it might come out in the week, but we'll uh, we'll make sure you know about it and make sure it gets promoted. So, uh, yeah, look out for that. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube and then you won't miss it um, when it does come out. But it will be available on both uh, as video and uh, and as a podcast, hopefully. Perfect. I mean, as I said at the start of the video, be sure to like the video, subscribe if you're new, leave a comment below of what you think about what we said today. And uh, I think that's everything for me as well. So thanks for being with us, Kai, mate. Better late than never, but thanks for coming along. Yeah, sorry for being a bit late, but yeah, enjoyed it. Hopefully we're going to win on Saturday and uh, yeah, take us close enough, close or into the playoffs. And nice on the as always. Thanks, mate. No worries, mate. Cheers. We'll be back soon. Come on,
message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked, uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.